With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It's the Richard Sherman Podcast, presented by FanDuel. It might be cold, but the sports calendar is heating up, and there's no place better to get in on the action than FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and easy to use. When you win, you'll get paid fast. FanDuel has lots of ways to play, like the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. And FanDuel is now live in Maryland. So use promo code RS and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. 21 up in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bet. It expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The volume. Welcome back to the Richard Sherman Podcast. Another week, Mitchell. It's coming down to the stretch. It sure is, Rich. This weekend was a cold one. I mean, first off, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. There was a big game down in Dallas. Uh, Philly, you know, hot as a skillet, dealing with adversity late in the season. Jalen Hurts, shoulder injury. No one knows how long it's going to linger, but Gardner Minshew stepped up, played a very, very good game, but the Eagles defense just could not keep them off the scoreboard. Mitchell, that's when you get concerned when you hear about Jalen Hurts' shoulder injury because initially you hear you hear collarbone and then everybody backtracks on it. And understand this, people. Football players are really, really, really tough individuals. Nobody misses a game unless you have to miss a game. Nobody misses multiple games unless you have to miss multiple games. You can tear your rotator cuff. You can tear this, tear that. If it can be, if you can play with it, especially a non-throwing shoulder, you can shoot it up or something, guys are going to play. The fact that he didn't play and the fact that collarbone was ever even mentioned, somebody gave it to somebody and they told him not to say it. And they said it. They should have said just shoulder injury. But when you say collarbone, it's a lot more severe and serious. Now, maybe it's not a broken collarbone. Maybe it's just a stress fracture. But it's a lot more serious than they're letting on. And I respect them for not letting that on. But the injury that's that's more serious to their playoff hopes, and I mean, not their playoff hopes, but their Super Bowl hopes, is Lane Johnson. And Lane Johnson has been, I mean, everybody's talked about, you know, the lack of sacks he's given up, how, how crazy his Ironman streak is, and, and how incredible he's been all season. But an abdominal injury to a to an offensive lineman, anything in the core, is serious and is going to linger throughout the playoffs, whether he plays or not. Ugh. So this game, I mean, they took the loss on the scoreboard, but the bigger loss might have been on that offensive line. Well, they've got they've got something to play for down the stretch here, Rich. I mean, everyone kind of assumed that they would be the number one seed in, in the NFC, and now you know, having come off this loss, I mean, they play the the Saints next week, which. I know, you know, they're a five and nine team uh, or six and nine team now, but, you know, they have something to play for as well with their division on the line. 
where does this all net out for the Eagles? How concerned would you be uh, as a fan? I'd be really concerned. I'd be really concerned. It's been our year. It's been a fantastic year. And you kind of see the wheels falling off a bit at the end. Not totally falling off. You still got, you still got a lot of guys, a lot of playmakers, a lot of, a lot of veterans, a lot, a, a lot of great pieces. But your quarterback being banged up, your best offensive lineman being banged up, that's tough um, going down the stretch. Now, you would hope that the, the Saints would be tough either way. But them having something to play for is going to make it even tougher of a game. Gardner Minshew played really well. I mean, I mean, for, for what you expected him to play in that game, he played well. Nobody, nobody, I don't think the Eagles were expecting him to play as well as he did in that game. He had, he had 24 for 40, 355, two touchdowns through two interceptions. Devontae Smith had one of his best day games of the season all day, always open. A.J. Brown had a good game. Hassan Reddick got named a pro bowler, two sacks again. Josh Sweat. Pick six, sack and a half. And, but for the Eagles, you're concerned because your defense wasn't, wasn't injured. They weren't beat up. They weren't without anybody, and they gave up 40 points. That's concerning. Like, you, you can talk about the offense and what you weren't expecting from them. If they would have struggled a bit offensively, you would have been like, okay, okay. You know, no, you know, they don't have, the, they don't have hurts. But their defense giving up 40 points is a point of concern, and that's why they're going to move down on the rankings because you can't do it. Like down the stretch, you want to be playing your best ball. You want to be playing your most effective ball. You want to be balling. To give up 40 points in week 16 is, is a cause for concern. Well, there was one play that happened at a crucial time, third and 30, and, and T.Y. Hilton sneaks behind the Slay in between Slay and the safety uh, for a 52-yard reception. Now, how does something like that happen? Because it seems to me that those are the type of plays that are just a massive knockout punches that – end up in else. Well, it's, it's one of those plays that you don't expect them to ever throw. Yeah, I think they were in the form of two, and, you know, Slay's getting depth, safety's getting depth, and, um, and you can't have those. You know, I think it's a play they'll obviously learn from, but with 30 to go, you keep everything in front of you, keep it in front of the sticks, and let the D-line D hunt and, and hope they get home. But there were a lot of uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic errors in that game, you know, coverage bust, and I don't know their scheme good enough to say, hey, it was his fault or his fault, his fault, because they have a lot of adjustments. They're really creative in their scheme when, when it looks like they're running three or three match. You know, there's carry sometimes in a nickel. And so I don't know totally what they were running, but there were uncharacteristic busts left and right and left and right. And Dak Prescott took advantage of them a lot of times. He threw for 347. He was pretty efficient most of the game, three touchdowns. Um, but it's only his first 300-yard passing game of the season. Zeke, again, they're – I think they're like 18 and one when Zeke has 16 rushes or more. Uh, Pollard was relatively ineffective on the ground, but mm -hmm. effective in the pass game. Uh, C.D. Lamb, best game of the season, best game of maybe his career. 10 for 120, two touchdowns was, was, was cooking. And that's a cause for concern because these teams may meet up again. We got to go out to the NFC West. I know you have a, a big affiliation in Seattle, rightfully so. But this is a team that is, is struggling. They, they need to win. Like, as bad as anyone else in this league needs a win. And unfortunately, they had to go to Kansas City to try to get it. And what did they net? 18 yards on their first 15 plays? Uh, get down 17 to nothing right out the gates? Talk to me about the Seahawks. I mean, is there any hope with this team? There's still, there's still a fighter's chance. But is there any hope that they land themselves in the playoffs? 
Well, it's concerning. I mean, they've lost five of the last six. They can still make it. You know, they they the the two last games against. You know, I thought they would struggle in this game. You know, Kansas City is rolling. They're hot. They're a championship team. They know how to play in November and December. If they Seattle won this game, that would have been a big time statement that they're here and and they've arrived. But Geno played solid. They, as you said, they struggled early on. Um, Geno is a Pro Bowler. <laughs> you know, I can't wait to see. How that pans out for him, I got a feeling the two New York teams will be calling, which is crazy because he played for both of them. Um, but I guarantee you that the conversation will be a lot different this time around. Um, Kenneth Walker Jr., I mean, played better than he had in the past. They, they got a little bit from the run game, but Patrick Mahomes was too much to overcome. You know, that D-line, Chris Jones, 12th sack of the season. Um, him, you know, Quinnen Williams, you know, and now they got to deal with Quinnen. This next, uh, the following week. And so that's going to be a whole nother beast. Um, very similar to Chris Jones and what he does. But uh, it was always going to be tough, but it was a cold game. You saw the receivers come out with no shirt on, you know, showing that they can handle the elements. But unfortunately, the, the, you know, they just didn't, they didn't execute well enough down the stretch. And, you know, that would have been, been a good one to have. Uh, well, with, with the, the injury to Jalen Hurts, does, Mahomes have the upper hand for the MVP race at this point in your perspective? Yeah, Mahomes, it's Mahomes' is the race to lose. Um, you know, he's number one in just about every category, yards, touchdowns. Um, usually when you talk about MVP, it goes to the best player on the best offense, uh, and he is that. You know, they're number one offensively in scoring, yards, efficiency, you know, yards per play. Red zone, third down. Like, I mean, the list is very long at what, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are the best in the National Football League at right now. But I still think everybody's saying, you know, remembering them, you know, kind of manhandling the 49ers defense, which nobody has, nobody else has come close to even remotely doing. I still want to see that Super Bowl matchup. And I still have Nicholas John Bosa in the 49ers coming away with a win. Well, Rich, let's keep our focus on the Seahawks. They've got a huge game against your J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets, Jets. Jets. I know you had fun uh, covering them this Thursday uh, against the Jags. No, and my God, did that uh, quarterback under center, who I know you love, I know you love him, Rich. I did not have fun. I know he did not look very good. And now people are potentially calling him one of the biggest busts in NFL history, especially with the quarterbacks that were drafted after him. I mean, could you imagine Justin Fields on this Jets team, Rich? Just take a no, moment to imagine it. No, I'm not going to imagine that, Mitchell. I'm not going to imagine a moment. because I had to watch it. I, I, I've said everything I had to say about that quarterback. Um, thank goodness uh, the reports are in that Mike White will be starting this week. Uh, that, that, you know, that makes this a lot more watchable football game. Gino in this offense. Uh, need to get on track. They need to be more efficient. You know, losing Tyler Lockett was a huge loss because they get to double team DK Metcalf. You know, but there were some just uncharacteristic plays, drops, and 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 you know miscommunications. You know, it was one play on an interception where it looked like Marquise um, ran out, and Gino thought he was going to continue down the field. Either way, it was a bad decision, and Thornhill intercepts it. Um, so they need to tighten things up coming into this game because it's going to be a dogfight. You know, I think these teams. The Jets defense coming off a game where they got embarrassed by the Jacksonville Jaguars, had one of the worst games of the season. Obviously, they set, tightened it up in the second half, but um, to give up 19 points, they've been a good defense all year, and, and I'm sure they, they are raring to go and getting those corrections. And, and, and the Seattle Seahawks are raring to go, and so it'll be a good matchup, but woo. <sighs> there's still something to play for. 
Santa Barkley is coming to town and he's delivering $20 million in gifts this holiday season to all FanDuel customers. It doesn't matter if you've been naughty or nice. St. Chuck has something for everyone. Just check your FanDuel app for no sweat, same game parlays, bonuses, and all sorts of stuff that'll fill you with holiday cheer. New to FanDuel? Now is the perfect time to sign up and remember to use promo code RS. The app is easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great promotions, and when you win, you'll get paid instantly. So, see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook, and get in the holiday spirit with $20 million in gifts from Santa Barkley. 21 and up in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bet that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Well, sticking in the NFC West, I know you love the Niners. You've already said that. But they played against the Commanders, a team, again, another team absolutely desperate for a win. Every game matters to these teams down the stretch. And San Francisco didn't care. You know, San Francisco dominated the game from start to finish. They it forced him to pull Tyler Heineke. I know you love Heineke. Heineke. I know Heineke. you love Heineke. But, Rich, we're back to Carson Wentz. We're back to square one. Like, this Ugh. late in the season, why do you make that move if you're Ron Rivera? Ugh, I, 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 I don't know. I think he, you know, I think he felt like the team needed a, a, a spark. You know, I'm sure he had conversations with Carson about getting him another opportunity if things didn't go well. You know, obviously the San Francisco 49ers are a tough team to play against, but they must have saw something on film where he missed a couple guys or, you know, just not getting them into the plays where they, you know, not having the success that they were expecting. Um, Carson came in there, gave him a definite spark, was was 12 for 16 for 123, uh, had a touchdown, uh, was efficient. Terry, you know, scary Terry played well. but. Against the San Francisco 49ers defense, number one in the league in total yards, number one in, in a lot of categories, uh, it was going to be tough, but uh, it, it's, just, it's just tough. You know, I think Ron Rivera saw something. He, he wanted to, to make a change, and he did. We'll see what they do in the next game. Well, they got the Browns next, and that is a huge, huge game for the Commanders. Uh, they got to they win one of these games down the stretch. As much as I would love for him to lose out, being a Detroiter, unfortunately the Lions got absolutely boat raced this game. But as much as I would love for Washington to lose out, I think they got a winnable, winnable opponent against the, the Browns there. But Brock Purdy, we talked about it. Mr. Irrelevant, 
going to be very, very relevant down this stretch. And you talked about it a couple of weeks ago. You said, what kind of conundrum would, would the 49ers organization be in, would the fan base be in, if, if not Trey Lance, not Jimmy G, but Brock Purdy was the golden child to bring this organization another Super Bowl? Richard, he is the second quarterback ever to win his first three starts with multiple TD passes. The first being Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. I mean, this guy has now entered conversations with Kurt Warner. Rich, he looks extremely capable. The Niners have not skipped the beat. Uh, I mean, frankly, I mean, the resurgence of George Kittle down the stretch, you know, he kind of had a couple pedestrian games there until Brock Purdy uh, took over under center. What is Brock Purdy winning due to this organization's QB issue? <laughs> it it uh it it makes it a lot tougher Mitchell it it exacerbates the issue of sorts the only quarterback whose jersey isn't being sold in the stores is the one that you got to worry about Mitchell that's unfortunate uh but it's fortunate you know it's one of those things where it's a you know it's a it's a good problem to have I guess he's been playing well he's been playing confident obviously bringing George Kittle back into the to, to the fold we talked about that when when Debo Samuel went out that George Kittle would be obviously utilized a lot more, uh, and he has been. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has been steady the entire season, been rock steady uh, on his way to potentially a 1,000-yard season. And Mitchell, the defensive player of the year, front runner, Nicholas John Bosa, of course, two sacks. Of course, one of the sacks leads to a forced fumble and a turnover for his team. And obviously leads to points. Mitchell, every week they need a big time play. Nicholas John Bosa makes it. 17 and a half sacks on the year. My goodness. And my boy Jimmy Ward had to get him another pick. They say, hey, we need to get a playmaker out there. They kept the two safeties the same. Talanoa Hufanga and Tayshawn Gibson had too much chemistry. But you cannot take Jimmy off the field. And this is the reason why I made a heck of a play. Oh, my God, this defense is going to be fun to watch down the stretch, and they're getting better by the moment. Javon Kinlaw, welcome back to the fold. Huge goal line stand. Got in there. Huge play by him. Him and Eric Armstead are going to be tough to run on in the playoffs. That's why it concerns me if you're the NFC East, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, or you're the Philadelphia Eagles and think you're going to run the ball on this defense, you got another thing coming. If Nick Bosa hasn't reached out to you to inquire about hiring you as his hype man, I think he should, because you've been pumping his tires from the inception of this podcast. I mean, you called it when we had our opening segment. Uh, you called him the defensive player of the year, and he's proven that week in, week out. I mean, the guy leads the league in sacks, another two sacks this week. Nicholas John Bosa, I mean, Rich hats off to you. Another thing you called from the beginning of the year. And I know this; these are muddy waters that, that you don't necessarily want to trek in, but we have to now, Rich. You called the downfall, uh, not the downfall, but you, you raised some red flags. You, you small smoke in Denver when the trade was made with Russell Wilson. You said this is a type of trade that either it works out if they know the guy that they're getting under center or it's going to cause people to get fired. As we are on the podcast today, Nathaniel Hackett has just been uh, released of his duties as head coach. Um, I want your thoughts. Mitchell, I think it's the first of many firings because, because when things go this bad, after you take such a colossal risk, a lot of people get fired. It's the head coach and the GM needs to be looked at, potentially fired, because it, it, it was a monumental 
mistake, it seems. Like you made a mistake. You Maybe you made a mistake in hiring the right coach. Maybe you made personnel mistakes. But when a season goes this bad, when you have the expectations you do, when you have the defense that they did, the defense played really well. I mean, in this game, it looked like the defense was like, hey, you're going you're gonna to blame us for the loss, whether it's nine to t- six to nine or 50 to, to 14. So you got it. You're like, uh, go ahead. Like, uh, we're, we're, we're done. We're done taking the blame and taking the bullets for everybody. Um, and they're going to have to do some introspection, Mitchell, some, <laughs> some, 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 some looking inside, some, some retrospection. They're going to have to figure it out because I don't see a way out of this contract. They're going to have to ride this thing out unless Russell retires or something like that. They're going to have to ride this thing out and they're going to have to find answers. And it's going to be hard to sell this team to the next to the next potential coach. You know, everybody's talking Sean Payton, but there will be other opportunities for Sean Payton. Or you wait a year, you know what I mean? Because I don't know what they're doing in L.A. If the Chargers don't make the playoffs, if they do, there will be other opportunities. That's just it. I mean, what what up-and-coming, you know, head coach wants to take this job? You know, I mean, you look at a guy like Sean Payton, he's not going to take this job. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but why would he take this job? He could really have his pick of the litter. And then you look at, you know, rising stars in this league, like the OC in Detroit, Ben Johnson. There's a number of big ones. I mean, the uh, Miko Ryans in, in 49ers territory. Like, why is a rising DC or OC, would you want your first job to be so far behind the eight ball? I mean, this is not a team like the Jags that have a bunch of young talent. You know, this isn't a team like the Texans that have a bunch of draft capital. This is a team that has an overpaid quarterback with no draft capital, very limited roster flexibility, and and probably a bunch of disgruntled defensive stars that are questioning whether they want to be in Denver anymore. You know, I mean, it's one of those situations you can't say he lost the locker room um, because he hasn't he hasn't said anything egregious. You know, he's still playing hard. You know, guys, guys can still, you know, you might be frustrated, but you can still respect the guy going out there and playing hard and doing his best, you know, even if it's not working out well. You you might get frustrated, but, you know, it's not like the situation with the Jets where a guy just was like, hey, it's not my fault. It's their fault. And guys don't respect him. You know, they're going to respect he's going to work every day. He's putting the work in. They see him putting the time in, putting the effort in, and it's just not working out. Now, you might see a situation where they promote from within. That That is the most likely scenario, I would imagine. Ejeral Evero, um, the defensive coordinator for the for the Denver Broncos, has done a phenomenal job this season. I would, if he got the head coaching job, it'd be, you know, you're like, hey, you know, it's not the best opportunity to walk into, but I guess if you're going to continue to to man that defense and think you can get it figured out offensively, you take the job. But what about Baker Mayfield? What about <laughs> Baker? What about that, Baker? Um, I think a lot of people were wrong about Baker. I mean, Baker seems to be excited to have this opportunity in L.A., and he looks like a fit. I don't know what's going on with Matthew Stafford. I know he's got some injury issues, and I know he's got a young family. I mean, who knows? Like, But Baker seems to me to be a guy that's rejuvenated his career overnight. Really? I mean, that – like, what in the world Mitchell. Instant oatmeal, Mitchell Baker Mayfield <laughs> with the with the resurgence, Mitchell. I had to say it when he made the the comeback, the ninety eight yard comeback. We yeah. had that game, and I had to say it. I I, I was <laughs> I was burying Baker. I'm a Barry yeah. Baker guy, you know. Yeah. And M- Mitchell, he came out there and and said he and Sean McVay are a match made in heaven, and we can turn it around. A la Ryan Tannehill with the Tennessee Titans. A la 
I mean, I don't know too many turnarounds where a guy just got with the right coach and it just looks totally different. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, the only question, again, is is where does he go from here? Because if Stafford's the guy going forward, he's not going to want a backup role. But, you know, obviously he's still a very capable starter in this league. He's in a, he's in a, on a contract year. He's on house money. He had nothing to lose playing out of his mind right now. At the perfect time, he'll be a free agent. And if he's smart, he says, hey, doesn't look like Stafford will be, you know, I mean, he may he, he he may play a couple more. He may play one more. But you take a one year deal with the Rams likely, you know, and say, hey, this guy has really put me in position to really showcase my talent in the best possible way that anybody has my entire career. I don't think he ever leaves the Rams or if he does, you know, there'll, there'll be a few people that run this scheme that'll take a, a better look at him than they had would have before this run. No question. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts Connect the alarm Change the podcast you stream Connect the snooze Ten more minutes to dream Connect the shower Lather up with the news Sports talk Comedians or movie reviews Connect with that three hour Philosophy show Change the drive into work In traffic so slow Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Another team that is is just kind of, it's kind of been treading water all season, but is resurging at the right time, and they always seem to do it, is the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have won 15 straight games in December. And then they're making things very, very interesting down the stretch in the NFC with the final two wildcard spots up for grabs. I think bigger story here, though, is, is the Miami Dolphins 
continue to sink. You know, that this is a team that was that was cruising. You know, they were on cruise control all season. I know they they kind of topped off, you know, I don't know what where in your top five they were, but they they were they were moving the ball well and they started this game 20 to 10. You know, they thought everything was under control. Then Raheem Mostert fumbles. You know, Green Bay scores right before the half. And then Tua, I mean, how does this happen? Three picks in the fourth was how does something like that happen to a guy that looks so good in the first half? Mitchell, it looked like he was on Space Jam, Mitchell, and the, the aliens came and took his powers in that la- in the last three drives, Mitchell. I don't know because it wasn't like the defenses were disguising and it was a crazy look and they just got him or he got pressured or blitzes in his face. And, you know, it, it was a he threw into cover two a ball that wouldn't have even got to the receiver or to the tight end, even if the, the DB didn't pick it. It would have hit it would have hit him in the feet. And so mm-hmm. You you think about uh, I'm I'm perplexed you know I'm concerned because his decision making it's like his confidence has been drained and if you don't have confidence going into playoffs Mitchell it's over with just go ahead and wrap it up that's the hardest thing to ever get back when you lose your confidence Mitchell my goodness the walls start closing in on you and it, he's lost his confidence how how much is this the the moment being too big for a young quarterback in tool when you're going against a guy that's intimidating like A-Rod you know th- this is a this is a guy and, and Aaron Rodgers you know people love him people hate him but this guy has an ability to win and that's all he wants to do is win he wins with whatever rosters in front of him this was considered one of the weaker Green Bay Packers squads and here they are rolling down the stretch you know they seem to be clicking on all cylinders a-Rod is speaking things into existence. You know, three weeks ago, he's talking about a roadmap for this team to make the playoffs. Certain things need to happen. Fast forward now, he says, you know, we need a couple things to happen. The Lions lose. The Commanders lose. The Giants lose. The Seahawks lose. Everything they needed to happen has happened. I mean, is Aaron Rodgers' career still in a position where he can do some more damage, possibly make a little run in this playoffs? Mitchell, anytime you got the four-time reigning MVP, like he's still the reigning MVP of the National Football League. He just won it, you know, and people have lost their mind counting him out. Now, the team, counting the team out is different, you know, but counting him out, if he has and his weapons, and, and he's developed a better rapport with the receivers. I mean, early in the season, it was disastrous. I, mm-hmm. I, was, I think they would have had a better chance going to the parking lot and getting somebody. And now they, you know, Christian Watson is coming to his own and, and has played really well for him. They're running the ball really well. Uh, they, they're finding ways defensively to create turnovers and make big plays. And, I mean, that's, that's fun and dandy. You know, he's going to be dangerous down the stretch, but I think it's going to be tough for them to beat any other contenders. But if they sneak in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, I mean, you're going to give somebody some stress. I'm going to lead our next topic with one word. Kirko. Kirko. The Minnesota Vikings, Rich, and Kirk Cousins. This is their 11th one-possession win on the season. That's the most in NFL history. I mean, they just keep winning. They keep winning. Justin Jefferson keeps covering the ball. TJ Hawkinson, 13 receptions, two touchdowns. I mean, I, I don't believe in them. I don't. I just watched the Detroit Lions dismantle them, but they just keep winning. How does this keep, team keep doing it? There's a rabbit's foot in somebody's drawer right now, Mitchell. I don't know if somebody isn't changing their draws, Mitchell, but they are living by some luck that I have never seen before, Mitchell. They are getting breaks and bumps 
And they're getting the the jump. Like you talk about the games they've won and how they've won. You know, the last second wins. The the, the you talk about the Buffalo Bills game where where uh, Josh Allen fumbles in the end zone, like from the one yard line. You how do you come out of that game? But you talk about Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, twenty fourth hundred yard game, the most through any player in first four seasons. He hasn't even finished his third, which is insane. I mean, he's w- working on the receiving record, um, Calvin Johnson's receiving record. I mean, but you got to give Kirk a lot of credit. People don't want to say he's top 10. They always talk about how volatile he doesn't play well in big games. Right now, down the stretch, give him his credit. They, they get in a one-possession game. If this was Aaron, if this was Tom, and they were winning one-possession games every game, you'd be like, well, it's Tom. It's Aaron. So give Kirk, give, give him his respect. I mean, he threw for almost 300, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, he's not, no, he's not just 150 yards or 180 yards. He's throwing for 300 yards, three touchdowns. Like, he's the reason. Daniel Hunter, welcome back. Patrick Peterson, fourth interception of the season, playing well, turned back the hands of time. TJ Hawkinson, his best game as a Minnesota Vikings, 13 receptions, 109, two touchdowns. They're clicking at the right time. And I mean, but in the playoffs, I mean, you need that experience, but I just, I don't know. Kirkle. Ah. Kirkle keeps it moving in that same division, the Lions, my hometown team, man. I got so fired up, Rich, but I, I, for me, the line, you just, you never believe, right? You, you always just kind of hope, you hope, you hope. And until they prove me wrong, I'll always kind of think they're that same team. But I just thought this team was different. I was a little surprised to see them get absolutely run out the building in that first half. I mean, 320 rush yards, Rich. Both Chubba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman had over 100 yards at half. I think they had th- four 30-yard rushes in the first half. I mean... These are not things that teams do over the course of a month or two months, you know, but 320 rush yards. And to me, and we talked about it before we got on air, it was cold in Carolina. It reminded me of a game in the backyard. You're playing with your buddies that no one wants to touch each other because they're so freaking cold. The Lions front four, front seven, they weren't touching anybody running through those holes. Deontay Foreman wasn't getting contact until five yards after the safety had to run him down. So your thoughts on the Lions? I feel bad for Jared Goff because Jared Goff is having a heck of a year and he had a heck of a game. He was 25 for 42. Not the most efficient, but he threw for 355, three touchdowns. He even ran it. Ran yeah. it for 15 yards. Like, lay at the Lions in rushing. Jared Goff leading the Lions in rushing. <laughs> That's a problem. Um, but... You're trying to figure out, like, what happened? And it was like nobody wanted to tackle what you said, Mitchell. For two running backs to have over 100 yards in the first half, didn't they already fire the coordinator? Like, what are you going to do now? Like, who are you firing now? Like, you got, you got, it's going to be hard for you to fire anybody else. You got to find out, like, it was heart check. It was gut check. It was, and guys should be ashamed of themselves. For, For you to let guys run for, I mean, 300 yards, like, Good night. Like, you you don't have any pride about yourselves. And I thought this team, you know, this has been a team that everybody wrote off as soon as they traded Christian McCaffrey, um, that, hey, they're just folding it in. And then they gave us hope. They they were like, hey, the Panthers are like, okay, we're going to show you guys that we care. We, we're going we're gonna to run the ball down everybody's throats. And Detroit, again, a team we wrote off. And we're like, again, make us believe again. And they made us believe this game. I'm done with Detroit. <laughs> I'm done. That pains. That pains me, Rich. But now the Panthers. The Panthers are in it. And that's what I think a lot of people, you know, especially Detroiters, they kind of were looking past this game. But the Panthers had a lot to play for. That division is wildly up for grabs. 
the Buccaneers had a hell of a comeback last night, down 10 points in the, the weaning minutes of that game, and, and Brady does his thing, you know. But talk to me about we have to do it. Every week the volume forces us to talk about the NFC South, and we have to talk about them again. Who do you like out of the NFC South, Rich? Um, <laughs> um, work hard and be nice to people. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like Tom Brady. If he's going to be in it, Mitchell, and he's winning the division in the last two weeks of the season, I like Tom Brady. Uh, he's the only one that could get in the playoffs and do any kind of damage. And I, I just don't understand what they're doing in Tampa because throughout majority of the game, every week they're like uh, nostalgic. Like they're they're like on offense, it's boring, it's predictable. And then you get to the fourth quarter and you're like, bang, 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 big play, big play, big play, explosive efficiency from Tom. And you're like, wait, what? What are you guys doing different right now? What are you guys run that offense? Run the fourth quarter offense the whole game. Like if it's hurry up, if it's getting on the ball fast, like. What what do you got to lose at this point? Like because every time their defense is keeping them in ball games and allowing it to come down to the last couple possessions, and they're finding ways to get it done from time to time. But it's like, why don't you start the game this way? I mean, Leonard Fournette uh, is is dealing with a foot injury, so that's going to be a big a big loss if they lose him. But I, I would think you know with with two games to go, I would think Tom Brady finds a way to get back into the playoffs again. In some historic way. Uh, Brady being Brady. Uh, and Rich, the last game I really want to touch on here is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Patriots. This was a game, you know, frankly, I shut it off. I think the Bengals, you know, 22 nothing at half. There's no way. And then I flip it back on. I'm like, what in the world's going on here? 22 to 18, you know, Patriots with the ball inside the red zone down the stretch, stretching a turnover, a fumble. But Cincinnati, nonetheless, was able to squeeze out a road win against a New England team, another team desperate for a win. How high are you on this Cincinnati Bengals team going into the, this, the last leg of this regular season, going into the playoffs? Well, I'm really high on them. You know, I, I think they're, they're, they're a team nobody wants to see in AFC. I don't think Buffalo wants them to come to Buffalo and deal with them. They, um, the Chiefs, uh, especially after last year, don't want them to come to Kansas City. And have to deal with him. But heck of a game for Kendrick Bohr. KB, welcome back. You know, had him 100 yards, six catches, a tug. Um, but they were winning 22-0 at half and, and you know, didn't score again. So that's a concern. Um, Patriots, defensive touchdowns. But the, the, something I want to talk about, the Mac Jones play where he dove at Eli Apple's knee behind the play. Like, the league should suspend people for stuff like that. First off, it's a flag. In a normal game, like it's an obvious flag. If somebody if somebody's running the ball, running backs down the field, and and an old lineman just cuts somebody, or somebody's returning a pick in a in a D lineman, like if it if Eli Apple had cut Matt Jones like that behind the ball in, in a pointless way, hey, it's pointless. This isn't even part of the play. You know, we'd be up in arms. It'd be replayed over and over and over, and we just keep letting Mac Jones get away with it. Like he slides and kicks somebody in the groin, and we just say, "Oh, well, that was he was probably kind of scared." Like, what do you mean he was scared? The dude was jumping over him. Like this dude, there it was not involved in the play. He didn't go after the ball carrier. The ball carrier ran right by him, and he turned unnecessarily and ran into a guy's knee. Like that, that that has no place in the game of football and that doesn't make sense and and the fact that they're not talking about suspending him is crazy if that I mean we talk about dirty plays you talk about you know when Bontez perfect you know would make a play everybody it's all over ESPN they're talking about right. arrest him you know for assault <laughs> and this dude you're like 
Oh, well, I mean, he, what about what they did? No, ain't no, what about what they did? Nothing like that's unnecessary play in this football game. And he has too many of them stacking up. Well, it's something I'm sure the league office is going to gonna keep an eye on moving forward. And there might be a little piece of mail uh, heading his way. But We'll see. I guess we shall see. Rich, we're at that point in the season where, where things are really heating up down the stretch. This playoff run, these last couple of wildcard spots in both the AFC and NFC are wildly up for grabs. We've got a big game tonight, Chargers in a much-win situation. But if you look at the AFC, I just want to start there. Um, we talked about it a little bit. You know, the Jets are a team that I know you love. They got Mike White under center now. And the next couple games are very winnable. And they're going to be playing against the Dolphins, a team that hold the final spot down that stretch. Who do you like? Because we got a log jam of Chargers, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, and Titans. The league knows what they're doing. They made all the division games at the end, which is perfect, you know, for mm. what you're expecting. I mean, the Patriots play the Dolphins. The Patriots play Buffalo. Buffalo plays once they Buffalo plays the Dolphins, like it's going to be crazy down the stretch. The Jets play Seattle, and then they play the Dolphins. It's going to get wild down the stretch, but I, I think I, I think it's going to be fun to watch. You know, I can't predict anything. This league has been a weird, very weird this year. Um, but if your team in the National Football League, at least half the team's got a chance to make the playoffs. If your team doesn't have a chance in the playoffs, start looking at the draft. Maybe there's some good prospects out there. Unless you're a team like the Rams and the Broncos who are losing a lot of games and don't have a top five pick. That'll go to somebody else. Um, congratulations. Well, Rich, I, I got to ask. NFC, Giants, Washington, Seattle, Lions. Down the stretch, you got to pick two of those teams and the Packers. Two of those teams. Two of those five teams. Who do you like? I guess Seattle and the Giants at this point. I, I can't say Detroit after what they just did. They did. They didn't want because they didn't want to play defense, Metro. They don't want to play defense. I, I respect it. I respect it. Well, we got a lot to look forward to, Rich. I know you're going to be in Tennessee this Thursday for a, a you know a, a, the final Thursday night football game of the season, right against the Dallas Cowboys. Rich, I will let you sign us off as we conclude. What what week is this? Week sixteen now. Week sixteen, Rich. Yep, week 16. We're back at it again with next week. It's been fun. It's been a fun year. Enjoy the last couple of weeks. I know everybody talks about bad games and being frustrated with matchups, but remember what you got to deal with when there's no football. So enjoy the last couple of weeks. We'll see you next week on Wednesday with a special guest. Appreciate you joining us. Hope your holidays are good. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate, enjoy it. See you next time. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.